all the optimization in the world won't help a crappy video. Hey, I'm Fred. And I'm Ant. And this is Create a Generation. Create a generation of hype. All right, Frederico, what's happening this week? This week, we're speaking with Benji Travis, who has helped thousands of people around the world succeed on YouTube. Now, he's got his own help channel with over 600,000 subscribers. He's also got his own food channel with over 400,000 subscribers, and he helps his wife on a truly excellent vlog channel, and she's got over 1.8 million subscribers. He's been around for a long time, knows a ton about the platform. He's going to give you five tips on how to succeed on YouTube. Welcome back to Creative Generation. This week we are joined by Benji Travis. Benji, welcome. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. Hey, Benji, it's so good to have you on the podcast. We've been hanging out a little bit uh, recently, but for those of you who don't know who you are, or maybe those of you who are a little bit familiar with you but want to know a bit more of the story, can you do a better job than I ever could and introduce yourself for us? For sure. Yeah, my name is Benji Travis. I've been a YouTuber since 2008 and started multiple YouTube channels. My wife and I are most well-known for being daily vloggers. Um, I also have a channel called Video Influencers where I help uh, people start their own YouTube channels, build their influence. And then uh, Sean Cannell and I, the co-founder of that channel, we also wrote YouTube Secrets. So, um, you know, I love YouTube, uh, to say the least. But when I first started on YouTube, I was more behind the scenes and I was helping my wife with the business side, um, basically her personal assistant all the way to her brand deal negotiator. And over the years, that's been a role that's gained a lot more importance in my life because what I find is most influencers, they kind of fall into this accidentally or say they were purposefully trying to be famous once they get the audience, they don't know what to do next. So now I'm an influencer coach and I help people with a behind the scenes businesses, best practices of brand deals, and just helping influencers continue to crush it on whatever platform, but especially on YouTube. Awesome. And for those listening who wouldn't see this on, on the video, Benji is a true professional. He just happened to have a copy of his book ready to whip up there. Like that's like I like bang on. That's you know. I, I respect that. I think that's exactly what people should be doing. Um, but Benji, like that, you know, you are the right, right person for creators to be listening to because of your, your, you know, your OG YouTube. But you love it. Like, yes. why, why do you not just love creating, but love supporting creators? Like, why do you love YouTube and the creator ecosystem? Well, it all started with my wife starting out on YouTube as a beauty enthusiast. So she just wanted to connect with this community that loved makeup and doing hairdos. So she started uploading videos. I used to kind of laugh at her and say, hey, this is such a big waste of time. Uh, she gets a last laugh because she's my boss, not only in our marriage, but also in our business. But back then, she didn't have any kind of desire to get into the business side or deal with brands. And so that was a huge part of my role and what I found was her lack of interest in dealing with these people that were more in the industry behind the scenes was um, was universal across most influencers and so over the years I've done it 
without even thinking about it, without having a grand plan, because a lot of influencers, they just don't understand. They don't know like how to build a business, grow a brand. And so that has always been a passion of mine just to help my friends who are also YouTubers. And so over the course of over a decade, that's why I'm so passionate about helping influencers because the one thing that they do great doesn't necessarily translate to making money, right? And so the reason most influencers become an influencer is because of the content. And I, I try to do my best to help my wife, number one, focus on that. And I, I believe because of my role in her life, as well as her like crazy amounts of hustle and great work ethic, she's uploaded over 3,600 <laughs> vlogs now that she's edited almost all of them. I've just taken over maybe like, I'd say a month worth of vlog editing, but all the other years. So we're on year 10 of vlogging five to seven days a week now. And so that really adds up. But again, it goes back to me wanting to her to have her focus on what's most important when it comes to being a content creator and uh, helping to scale that up. That's a, it's pretty incredible. I mean, most creators, I mean, you've got a, a pretty interesting situation because you came from, obviously working with a creator then realize you know helping them with their business side of it and then becoming yourself a creator so you've got both you know two sides of the coin there haven't you for sure and one thing i forgot to mention is all the good that it's done for my wife and i we still live in the same small little town north of seattle washington we literally live within a quarter mile of where we grew up for the last 25 years um, but we've had some crazy amounts of success we've traveled the world we've met these incredible people through youtube through social media and you know one of the uh, small little stories i'll share with people is before i got into youtube i used to to work at a YMCA, which is one of our nonprofit organizations here in the United States. And every year we always had an annual fundraiser to help uh, pay for kids programs at the facilities that we worked at. I worked with a lot of teenagers. And so I used to dread that time of year because it's all about asking people for money, basically calling them up, say, hey, do you want to donate to our cause? Which of course was a great uh, cause, but I just didn't like the idea of just asking people for money. Because of YouTube, because of our audience, my wife and I started this annual fundraiser back in 2011. In our first year running a 24-hour kind of like uh, dancing for donations fundraiser, we raised $5,000. So that already blew my mind that within 24 hours, um, I was able to raise five times as much as if I was to spend 24 days dialing for dollars. Fast forward eight years, we've raised uh, $500,000 in a single year on any one of those uh, Dance Ember fundraiser events and a total of over $2 million raised for charity, of course, with the help of our audience. So that just gives you a snapshot of the power of YouTube and influence and why I'm so passionate about it. not just this platform but social media because the things I've experienced and seen um, that creators have been able to accomplish are just phenomenal and of course our book youtube secrets we talk about this all the time of people coming from all walks of life being able to not just achieve their dreams but really put good into the world and do some grand things that's brilliant and yeah that's the thing right i think what's like often incorrectly like the bad gets the media attention the traditional media totally. attention and the buzz right like the the people doing dumb stuff or the negativity but really it is like 
predominantly filled with, with people creating good, positive content and, and engaging with like their unique audiences that otherwise wouldn't be getting served. Um, so yeah, it's it's super yeah. YouTube and social media is being used by literally everybody from kids just looking at videos on YouTube kids app to seniors just trying to connect with, you know, family and just watching tutorial videos and everybody in between. And so I love that you brought up how so many of these catchy headlines or gossip or unfortunately in the last year as you and all of us have experienced so many negative things. But the amount of positive definitely outweighs any of the negative. It just doesn't show up on the news. It doesn't get a lot of attention. But I can just tell you just from our own lives, and we've experienced our, you know, like uh, uh, levels of, you know, trolling or negativity, but we would never, ever say that YouTube has done more bad for us than good because, honestly, like, we wouldn't be doing it for 14 years straight and uploading a video every single day, um, you know, for the the last decade if it wasn't i think we could That's um it. fill sorry fred but we are like i'll shut up in a quick second i reckon we could fill hours just just deep diving how the hell <laughs> you guys have created so many videos for so long and still have a smile on your face and look like you've had some sleep as well as do all the other <laughs> stuff you've done like um yeah. that just is mind-boggling and i think uh, and We'll park it. I think maybe we'll come back to it for another day, maybe with your wife, I think, if we could, because a lot of people underestimate just how much effort going into just one vlog video, let alone getting up tomorrow and, and doing it again and again and again. So, yeah, it is very impressive for everyone who's listening. Thank it you. It's not easy yeah. to do a video a week, let alone a video a day. I think the first place I'd want to uh, kind of start with, though, why we've been able to do it, because it comes from a place of passion and joy. And when you're having fun with whatever it is you're doing, it's not going to be work. And I know that's so cliche to say, but it is the truth. And then YouTube and social media opens up that opportunity for you to do what it is that you love and get paid to do it. I think let's let's dive into the guts of this, you know, let's deliver on the promise. I mean, you've already dropped a whole bunch of great knowledge, but we sort of are packaging us like, what are the top five things that the creators need to know to succeed? We, um, And, you know, we have done a little prep before on this. That's why you're waving, waving your notepad around, which you managed to find from a discussion we had a couple of weeks ago. But but I, I think that's, I think it's a, a great premise to start with is like what are like what are the underlying like let's go through it let's hit it like what is your number one thing that creators need to do to actually find themselves successful well number the number one thing that any creator influencer anybody that's on social media needs to always be focused on and doing and literally have at the center of their attention is create content. Now, I know that seems so elementary and so basic, but one of the biggest mistakes I see influencers making is they create all this content, they gain an audience, and they have all these opportunities. They start traveling to events, they get invited to all these cool you know, parties, and then what happens is everything kind of stacks up and they forget to create the content. My wife and I have been influencers in this industry for over a decade 
not because of the amount of money we make or the business we run or the team we have. It's because of the videos we put out, specifically on YouTube, but also the content we put out on all social media. So create, create, create is the number one focus when you're first starting and when you're 10 years out. And so why I love starting here is because anybody can relate to this. But especially when you're a beginner, one thing that I, I, I hate seeing is when someone gets started and they think they need to do all these 20 different things. Literally anybody can pull out their phone right now and create a video and post it. They don't have to worry about titles or thumbnails. They just need to start creating content and getting better at it because as you improve, that video gets better. The quality is going to be there and people are going to get some kind of value. And that's the beginning of the relationship, which leads to subscribers or followers. So creating is number one. And I can't emphasize this enough. The reason my wife is such a superstar influencer, probably one of the most influential moms, I would argue, on YouTube, at least Asian American here in the U.S., is because of the 3,000 plus vlog videos of her being a mom. So it, it definitely starts there. Yeah, I had a conversation with a, a, a relatively new creator the other day, and they, the first question they asked me was, how do I get my, like, how do I get my content out there further? And I said, look, you, you've got to go look at your content and you've got to create better, more valuable content. Let's talk about that. And they're like, no, no, yeah, yeah, got that, got that, got that. I, I, I just want to, like, I want more people to watch it. How do I get more people to watch it? And I'm like, yep, you've got to go back to the content. And, um, we, we, you know, we, we, we ended, like, we had a frustrating conversation that, unfortunately, they left frustrated because I didn't answer the question they were asking. But I was trying to highlight they were asking the wrong question. So, um, yeah. That, that that's at the end of the day, right? You're a content creator. You're, you've got to create content of value. Um, if you're not doing that, it doesn't matter if you can get your content out to a million people. That is a huge asterisk though. Creating valuable content, videos or pictures or whatever the medium is that people want to pay attention to. That's worth their time. Now, I tell people to get started right away because if you're a complete beginner, you have to get through all those reps. You have to practice. But remember, you know, at the end of the day, we have so many options, so many platforms, so many different people that we might be following. The one we're going to look at is the one that matters the most to us. And it usually is the one that was spent the most time on, the one that had the most purpose. And we're going to talk about that because that's actually one of my tips later. <laughs> but definitely number one is create, create, create. Can I, I mean, it's, it's a tricky one because most people will often focus on areas like optimization because that's something they can point at and say, oh, I've got to do this, 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 and this. Whereas when you say, you know, create great content, people are like, yeah, I've got to do that. And then they come back to you and are like, well, well how? Like what's, the, like, what's the first step in doing yeah. that, right? Yeah, you know, this is the thing. All the optimization in the world won't help a crappy video. And the way you make an awesome video is you have to be really good at it. You know, the uh, co-founder of uh, Video Influencers and the co-author of YouTube Secrets, Sean Cannell, 
the reason he's such an epic content creator and he knows what he's doing is because before he even launched the way, you know, video influencers, he had 10 years of creating hundreds, if not thousands of videos. Not enough creators talk about this. Um, of course, it's all, it's, you know, enticing to watch a five minute video that gives you like five best tips to get more views on your videos, which by the way, we have those kind of videos. But at the end of the day, this is why I say not only for the beginning, but even the seasoned influencer, that's not only how you get better at making videos, that's how you stay ahead of the curve. That's how you get on top of the latest trends and the tactics and kind of the strategies when it comes to content creation. So practice is important. You know, a great example of this is this. Michael Jordan didn't stop practicing basketball until probably the very last moment of his NBA career, right? And I would argue he probably continued to practice afterwards. So you can't stop the practicing and the practicing for a content creator is a content. Awesome. Hey, well, let's, well, let's hit number two then. What's, what's the next one in the list then for, you know, creator success? Well, well, the second thing to succeed at this game of being an influencer or content creator is engage and care about your, your audience. Okay. If you engage with them and you care about them, that is going to lead to a relationship, which leads to trust. And so this can be as simple as replying to every single comment, replying to every single tweet. You know, I, I've even made the mistake that I've been backed up on DMs. But when I DM people back, especially if it's somebody that maybe thought I would never reply back to them, mind is blown. But this is something that you have to start right away at the very beginning. My wife, again, on one of the greatest examples of a YouTuber, in her first one or two years, she would spend all her after school after work hours creating the content have it uploaded and from like 10 to 1 a.m sometimes 2 a.m in the morning she was engaging with that community right we're talking before she had a hundred thousand or a million subscribers when she was very first starting out she even talks about how much she valued that small community when she first started that's like the foundation of success but that is more important than just a subscriber or follower because that relationship that leads to that trust is where all the opportunity lies. So I can't, I'll tell you this. If there was two things I had to tell somebody that was on an elevator, they're like, Hey, how'd you do it? And what do I need to do? I would start with, Hey, create as much valuable content, um, as you can and that people actually want to watch. And the second thing is value the people that watch and consume that content, right? Like to no end, everything else revolves around those two things. So engagement and caring. I think that's another thing too, that pays dividends way beyond the uh, short term is care about the attention don't abuse it if people are watching you following you they have an expectation they have an intention don't endanger it with just a quick you know uh, money grab or maybe a brand sponsorship that doesn't align with them so i try to not only protect their attention but really be grateful for it and that's never uh, been different from day one to 10 years out yeah well I, let me throw a quote from you straight back at you when we actually chatted about this uh, originally you said you don't just want an audience that follows you you want one that trusts you and i think that's kind of like sums that up beautifully and that's that's quoting you back at you so i don't know what thank that you is. Like, <laughs> yeah i forgot i didn't even like I a probably... term for that but it's like it's a beautiful line so i'll don't, it's not me it's benji dropped that one but i, I, I love you. that like one that you don't want one that just follows you you want an audience that that trusts you so mm -hmm. i think that's um 
like what's the like what's the difference between well what's the well yeah, when, between well, someone think, following you and then tr- like taking that next level of trusting you obviously you talk about engaging with them but um yeah yeah i think cross that threshold? i think for me personally making money is so important when it comes to being an influencer because the the monetary uh part of your business is what's going to drive everything else you do. And so the difference between a follower and someone that is a trusted fan is the fact that like TikTok, for example, people are getting these huge followings, these huge audiences, and they're following them, but do they trust them, right? It's just surface level to be honest. And a lot of TikTokers, they know this. This is why they aspire to be YouTubers and put out long-form content because that trust isn't there. But when you get the trust, you can convert that trust into something valuable, whether it's a brand deal that wants to work with you. And when they know that their product or service are going to get in front of that audience, they're going to go out to the store, to that website and buy. Um, whether it's, you know, the difference between selling, you know, a hundred, uh, you know, hoodies versus 10,000, because again, they're raging fans. They know you, my wife, again, I I keep talking about her name's Judy, by the way, Judy right now has a relationship with a million plus people that is more stronger than the average friend that somebody would have because they have con- they have consumed her content daily and i use the analogy of this anybody can relate to this but they probably never thought of it this way imagine the kid you see once a year at summer camp um, for a week, you probably get a pretty good relationship with them. You know, it's five incredible days. You go canoeing, you go outside and you know what? It was a fun time. You might never ever forget them. And you might kind of like DM them once in a while, like back in the day, we used to have pen pals or whatever, right? <laughs> Versus the friend that you go to school with and you see them every single day, right? You know, over the course of many, many years, and of course, I've had plenty of friends where I've gone from sixth grade to seventh grade to eighth grade, and they were always in my class. I eventually become so close to them without even really trying, and it's just because of that constant contact. And so there's a level of trust that is built over time, and this is why content creators need to be thinking about this, not just at the beginning, but especially as they get bigger, right? Mm-hmm. And so you might not be able to re- return everybody's dms or communicate with all of your fans but just caring about that every step of the way because your audience will understand this and this is why it's so important to do and i don't know if that answered your question but i'm very passionate about this i've forgotten the question but it was a great story and <laughs> and, and, and really relatable and i think that that's well i think that's a great great sort of time to jump onto the next one like we, you know we're working through like what you know what are the top five sort of Let's rack them and stack them uh, things that YouTubers and, and creators um, can use to, to build success. Yeah. So let's go with number three from Benji. Well, the third point I think is not talked about enough, but everybody can relate with whether you're a YouTuber or influencer, and that is fighting for time. The number one goal outside of creating content and engaging with your audience that you should be focused on is always having time. I mean, it goes back to my point, like if you're not creating content, then how are you going to connect with your audience or gain a new audience, right? Continue to grow. And so 
everybody gets busy and we have all kinds of things going on, especially as a creator who's still got a full-time job or other commitments. You know, I've got a family, I've got four girls. It can get pretty crazy. And so time is split up into two parts for me. Number one, thinking about where you can delegate things, right? In life, it can be as simple as delegating errands or maybe some housekeeping or something that you wouldn't ever think to do, right? I know when my wife and I first started this business, we never thought we would have somebody mowing our lawn, for example, right? But that is such an important thing to consider is like, if you don't enjoy mowing the lawn and say it takes you an hour to do all that kind of stuff with that hour, could you delegate that out to a company that that's their service? Right. And even if it costs you a certain amount, as long as you can make more money or it can plant the seeds for greater success later, I think that's so important. The second part too, um, to that point is also like start building a team. You know, my wife, I was her first personal assistant. I was the first person dealing and starting to help her scale out. Think about where you can do that yourself, whether it's working with a contractor to help you with some graphics, maybe rather than you uh, fumbling with the camera and doing all the setup, you hire somebody that works with you for a whole day where you can bang out 10 videos versus doing three by yourself. Um, the, The last part of time is just saying no to more things than you say yes. Now, this is for both brand deals as well as just everyday things. It's really hard for us to say no because we feel obligated to do whatever. Somebody gives us a business opportunity. Someone pitches us this new deal. And I found that the more I said no, the more I prioritize the things that are really important to those first two points, which is creating content or engaging with audience, the more success I had. And so time is the number one priority for me to help me get my wife as well as myself back to those first two points that I think kind of gets away from influencers as success comes. Cause I'm sure everybody can relate to this. We are always hungry for time. And so figuring out ways to delegate, um, create a team to scale up what you're doing and let you focus on what's important, I think is, um, you know, very crucial for any content creator. Yeah. Do you, and do you think that, that time equation also goes into the, like the platforms you create content on and the the activities you take like obviously beginner creators uh, uh, who aren't making any income at all from from this game are like yeah great hire an editor or hire someone like yeah thanks mr successful youtube guru dude i can't <laughs> do that so like um is that is that the kind of scenario that 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 also comes into it it's like totally. okay you don't have to be on every platform creating 15 pieces of content, which is is kind of counterintuitive to what you said before, but you know, is that part of that equation then like the time buying buy your own time somewhere else? Yeah, well, you're going to stumble into one of the true secrets of why we picked YouTube as a platform. So, this is happening with TikTok. This is happening with Instagram stories and so many other platforms. You create content and you might get a lot of views. You may get a lot of attention. You're building a following, but that content is kind of lost to the sea of unknowingness, right? And I do believe TikTok is doing a better job of resurfacing old content. But the thing about YouTube that is different, it's a search engine of the biggest video library 
in the world, in the history of mankind. So just think about it. It's the most ultimate library where no matter how old that video is, just like a book in a library, you always can have access to it through that search bar. So when you talk about time spent on platforms, this is why at the end of the day, if I had to choose, YouTube is a place I'm always going to prioritize. In fact, that's where we prioritize 80% of our work. Now, I'm not uploading as much on all my YouTube channels as I once was, but the great thing about my videos on those channels, they still give views, right? Versus my Instagram pictures that I posted three years ago, almost nobody's going to see that. My Facebook videos even, they say that that was supposed to be the competitor to YouTube. They are lost to, the, to history, right? And so this is where YouTube does have a lot more leverage. And you're right, I'm glad. No one's ever really asked me this question in this way. But this is why the searchability of your content um, and the value of it is so important and this is why YouTube is still king of the hill not just for the video game but social media game boom there you go there's a like a tip within a tip there That's oh like yeah secret super secret tip mining. <laughs> by the way it's not even that secret it's so obvious but people kind of forget about this the one thing about YouTube that's unfortunate it's just harder because a video takes time and effort versus like you know, posting a tweet, you know, it takes you 30 seconds, but the long-term ROI is massively better when it comes to those, you know, archive videos that can get searched at any time of day from anybody in the world. Do you think that's, I mean, with, with platforms like, sorry, with the, with the, you know, ultra short platforms coming uh, into play, like people think, oh, you know, I can create videos very easily without any friction on this other platform and people compare like apples to apples but it's not is it like you know you, the youtube um video and the youtube view is often much much better totally uh i think that things are starting to even out though because tiktok's algorithm is so powerful now it doesn't really matter in fact i don't even know if there's a timestamp. i'm so you know like new to tiktok um but i have looked at it and i don't even think there's a timestamp, and that makes it so that every video that goes in front of you is a fresh new video to you the viewer um i think the algorithms are getting better but yeah when it comes to youtube by far it's better and it kind of goes back to my for my second tip about engagement um, and caring about that relationship. You know, a 30-minute video is going to make a bigger impact than a 30-second video. But I'm not going to discount TikTok. Look, the, 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 the rollout of YouTube Shorts is very significant. Whenever YouTube rolls something out, it means that they're having a little bit of FOMO or a little bit of fear or maybe both. And so I do believe that we have to pay attention because it's so addictive that people will just spend a whole hour watching content. But if you had to weigh out that 30-second video versus the 30-minute conversation, that 30-second video might get millions more views, but the impact of a 30-minute conversation on a specific topic, especially if the answers are good, which I hope these answers are good and people learn, uh, will make, <laughs> uh, will have, uh, I'd say, a lasting impact that you can't even really uh, compare to that 30-second video because, again, it's not apples to apples when you look at attention. Do you think then, like, looking at that, TikTok, when people are spending that hour immersed in it, their connections then to the platform. Whereas with YouTube, if you're spending 30 minutes 
or, or to an hour with one creator or two creators, that connection then is to the creator. So like the that's a, a, the equation there. Like people are like yeah connecting to the platform in one and people are connecting to the creator in, on YouTube. So. Yeah, I, I, I'd say two things. Number one, I want to use Joe Rogan as an example. I feel like I'm Joe Rogan's friend, even though I've never met the man and he probably has never heard of me. But when I sit and watch... A th- oh, he bought the book. He, he, bought the book. <laughs> oh, he doesn't need the book. To no, but when I sit and watch three hours of him having conversation with somebody, you get to know that person really well. And I'm definitely a super fan of Joe Rogan. And you're right. When you watch a 30-second video, even if you were to watch three hours of it, you're more paying attention to the content itself than the creator. And so this is going to sound super biased, but it's the truth because I've seen uh, evidence of this, that YouTubers hold a special place in the attention of the end consumer. This is why so many creators on these other platforms aspire to start YouTube channels, be a YouTuber. There's something about it that they understand. I actually can give you an actual story that I heard. Uh, I'm part of a special panel of influencers at YouTube that helps them with their YouTube kids app. So it's mostly all parents. And I remember one year there was some new members, right? And they were known as Instagrammers initially, and then they kind of became YouTubers. They said they started out as Instagrammers, but they realized the importance of being a YouTuber, having a YouTube channel when they went to a meet and greet when they were still just an Instagrammer. And they were, uh, there was a whole bunch of influencers. They were the Instagrammers right next to them was uh, some YouTubers and then right next maybe some Facebookers. Anyways, they all had kind of the same amount of people waiting in line to meet them. But when they had their viewers come up, it was like 30 seconds. Hey, it's, it's good to meet you. I love your content. Take a selfie. And then it's just like that. The YouTubers, on the other hand, it was like five-minute conversations, testimonies, where they're telling them, like, you saved my life or you did this for me. I, I, I can't even begin to tell you. And so what they noticed was, one, their line ended much more uh, quicker than the YouTubers. And secondly, there was a relationship there that they had a ton of FOMO on. And they thought, you know, even though we're technically more influential because they had more Instagram followers than they had YouTube subscribers, the relationship wasn't there. And so that relationship is the beginning of everything good about influence, at least for me and my wife. And so this is why I feel, you know, another story, we're going to name our book Video Influencers after our YouTube channel. And after four years of writing, we decided, you know what, we're going to title it YouTube Secrets, because what we realized is, even though social media has all inherited video, YouTube just has dominated. And part of it is just the amount of time that people are spending. The only thing that even compares though are podcasts. But the difference is podcast doesn't have like, I don't know, a standard like platform that they're all on. YouTube on the other hand has kind of like taken over. They probably kind of in a way monopolize that. So um, I know that was a huge rant, but it is so important Love for it. people to understand why what you asked was important about like where you spend your time as a creator and then where people are spending time in their perspective and perception of the people creating that content. That's a great way to put a pin in that one. How about we move on to number four? I think that's brilliant. Like it's a, 
What's Benji? What's the next in Benji's list? Yeah, the the fourth Gypsy. thing I would say to anybody, um, especially as you get deeper into your influencer experience and you start going from part time to full time, is having multiple income streams. One of the unfortunate parts about YouTube and social media, algorithm changes political polarizing topic changes um fans just growing up you know our fans when we first started my wife and i that was back in 2008 well some of them have like maybe like moved on in life and so with all those variables things can change and your income can change so if you you've got all your eggs in one basket and say it's like all adsense which is the advertising and the commercials i play on youtube and say your views drop dramatically we actually had an experience where our views drop from 8 million views a month down to 3 million views in 30 days so that's more than half of our potential income um, now, fortunately, we also had another channel that kind of jumped the opposite way. But the point is, if you just have that one channel and that one income stream, it could be devastating if you've got a business, you've got expenses and certain overhead. So having multiple income streams, I think, is really important. Like just to give you an example, my wife and I, we have our AdSense. We do brand deals. We've got our merchandise that we sell. And so if any one of those gets hit or there's like a slow period, we're always just consistently going. And so the income stream, especially in the beginning but uh you know just as important like as you get into it is always good to always have coming in so that you can survive some of those dry spells because you don't want to be completely taken out and you know like have to start all over so multiple income streams it it's not again like one reason people want it is because they want to make more money for me it's how do you sustain what you're doing long term and so that's why i bring up multiple income streams no, it, you're absolutely right. As you were saying that, I was thinking, you know, one thing we are very big on um, is obviously as creators, you know, they decide to use the or want to become creators full time, that they have to diversify the income streams. And it's amazing how many even bigger creators are still obsessed purely on just AdSense um, mm-hmm. because it's the easiest one, right? It's been there all the time. It's well established. Um, but then they live and die by, you know, the CPMs and, and they get really, you know, uh, upset when they go down or something happens. But the diversification allows you to be resilient, um, but also allows you to explore so many more areas and, you know, totally. then look, well, what's the next step? Or how do I leverage that audience into something else? Or, you know, do I go cross-platform into, you know, uh, VOD or something like that? So it's, it's, a, it's really important to look at that. And I was just thinking that because we have an event coming up this week. Um, you know, talking about diversification of, you know, of income streams and how important it is long term for creators. Benji, do you guys did do you guys or did you when you first started out? Have, like, how did you choose what income streams? Well, suited you. Well, like, how? Did, was, I would love to say like I chose it. Right, it just kind of happened by accident because it was so new. Everything there wasn't influencer marketing. The creator economy wasn't even a term. So for my wife, it was, you know, just something that wasn't like an option. It was just the only way to do it. So AdSense was the first thing, which by the way, she had to apply for that three different times. And every single time you get denied, you have to wait another six months. And so um, along the way, she was able to do brand deals, working with sponsors uh, to get free product and get paid for featuring that in her videos. And those are the first two for me. And eventually we got into merchandise and we got into some other opportunities. Of course, you know, Sean and I started Video Influencers. 
So we had multiple income streams from multiple channels. Plus we had the book and we've sold digital products. So it, it kind of came organically, but if I was to start today, kind of my, my, I'd say lists of things to consider is number one, what is it that you're passionate about doing? So if you're passionate about coaching people or selling courses, like you should go that direction and maybe you've got the chops to teach people, but maybe you, you want to go more passive and you don't want to have to think about that or set anything up. This is why AdSense I still think is really important to consider because it's kind of like that uh, foundational income stream that any YouTube channel can get in, uh, you know, like get. And then lastly, again, like di diversification. Um, but at the end of the day, what makes sense? for the type of content you create and that aligns with your viewers. You know, if you've got viewers that are looking to buy a certain product, maybe you should have that product for them to buy or at least an affiliate deal to make some money from that referral. Say you have an audience that maybe just loves you as a, a creator. They're just super fans. Well, then maybe merchandise makes more sense there. So it just all depends. It's not one size fits all. In fact, one thing that I've seen is tons of different ways that I never thought you could make money online. And I think more and more, and I'm not going to get into my rabbit hole yet, but there is some stuff I want to <laughs> talk about later that I think is interesting. But it, it is crazy uh, because people cool. think there are only like literally a handful of ways to make money, but there are, like, you know, I was listing something the other day and I, you know, you ran out of space after two pages and that was even sort of halfway through the list. And, and obviously with different creators in different areas, it, it also varies, right? It's not one set list because you know depending on what your focus is there are so many different things you can do so it's kind of crazy because back in the early days when we were doing this you know five six years ago um and we used to tell people what we were doing helping creators they were like one what's a creator and two like where's the money in that and we're like <laughs> you don't. it was one of those I'm, I'm glad now people are able to see that but it's one of those super interesting things because they don't realize how many ways there are to monetize totally uh, what you do yeah there you go you know one of the chapters in this book um, and we don't shy away from it, it's called cash. So we have the seven C's of uh, YouTube principles that uh, will lead you to success. And one of the C's is cash. And so we talk about multiple income streams that people can explore when they're first starting their YouTube channel. Of course, you want to gain an audience so that you have that relationship that leads to trust and then the opportunities will arise. But you definitely want to be considering how you're going to make money from the very beginning, especially if you don't got a job, right? You need to pay some bills. So there's kind of a balance. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's so important. I don't think it's taboo at all. And this is why on Video Influencer, we talk about building your influence, income, and impact. So you do it all at the same time. Awesome. Um, all right, we're racking and stacking them with the top five tips from Benji on how creators can succeed on YouTube. Well, let's, let's hit the number five then. Let's, let's well, the fifth on. one, it's not as tactical or sexy or anything that's super secretive, but the last one is working hard. And I know that there's this hustle culture that some people say is toxic, but the reality is every creator that I've met at the very beginning or 10 years deep, and I'm not just talking about us, that continue to succeed they're always improving. They're always getting better. They're always a step ahead. And so the only way to do that is to work really hard, to always be creating content. A lot of people, they think that this is like a one to five year, uh, you know, effort and you establish this business and then you got passive income. Some people might have been able to accomplish that, but for most people, and I would even argue, even those people, 
that's just not the case. And um, I'll give you a, a, actually a quick story. I remember at the very beginning of our experience, there were certain channels that were blowing up in the beauty scene. And so me being the husband behind the scenes, I met other husbands as well. And there was another competing channel to my wife's and they had the uh, monetization strategy of creating passive income by selling their own products. And so I remember when we meet up at different events or I talked to him on the phone, he was always giving me crap about my strategy, which was AdSense and working with brands and just kind of selling merch and not building something that was passive and he was all about that passive he wrote he read the book for our work week and it just changed his whole life i'm not kidding you five years later he's calling me up he's like benji man my business it just it didn't like continue to grow it's not passive anymore it's just it's such a headache how do i get into these brand deals and so the reason i bring it up is because he had this lifestyle of creating the machine and then going on these grand trips you know going places that are sunny being on the beach and that was a whole lifestyle and there is a whole niche for that right but that wasn't necessarily the niche that was just the i that was a reward for what they had built but when you build something good and somebody else sees it, guess what? They want to build it too. And the kids, I always said this about Judy being in the beauty scene, and she was very open and very objective about this. You know, for every uh, success story in the beauty scene, there's literally a hundred more ladies that are just getting out of high school that have no priorities, uh, no like relationships, no families that can literally just do laps around you in terms of how much time they, they create content how much they can focus on what's going on in the scene so you've always got to like evolve with your audience or evolve with your life and the reason i bring that up is it's just hard work like that's where all the magic all the tips and the tricks the shortcuts all the hacks it comes out of you just being so obsessed with a platform with, with a type of content and you just find something you like and it's crazy it's not like finding something on a map or like you know like uh like some like you go in the park and find like a treasure chest no it's like you do something so much you see these signs and i always talk about uh, a lot of people may have seen this uh, listen to this podcast but there's this movie called the matrix and in the matrix in the movie when you're looking at the matrix it's just a screen full of green lines like most people couldn't read it but if you're in the matrix enough you can read those green lines you're like oh this is what's going on that's how youtube and social media is too you you gain an instinct but you don't gain it from reading a book or watching a whole bunch of videos you gain it from being so deep into that world that it just becomes second nature and that's when you start seeing the green lines that will tell you the true secrets so anyways, that's a little bit of a rant. I've just got this picture <laughs> picture of you like lying back there, plugged into the YouTube matrix. There you go. Just like seeing the patterns. I think that's You know, a, I interview a, a lot of picture. people on my show, Video Influencer, and I got my own podcast called The Influencer Green Room now. And every time I meet someone that's mega successful at whatever platform, one of the reasons they succeeded is because they were doing something so much they eventually found out what doesn't work and then they figured out what were the only things that work. And so again, that just comes from a lot of repetition, doing it a lot more than you're not doing it. And so that's why I, I can't discount this enough or I can't, I can't emphasize it enough how hard, how important hard work really is because I've never met an influencer that I interviewed that didn't say 
that was like the the basic principle for everything that's ever happened good to their channel and so of course you know people sell programs and courses and talk about you know this is what you need to do to get rich in the next six months what they don't talk about is the six years that led up to that six months yeah that that's so true there is no such thing as overnight success like you don't just blow up overnight with mm. one in a million yep. Right, like there's a body of hard work and hard graft and experience. By the way, good and bad. Sometimes it does happen where you just get a uh, a lucky break. And I'll give you a good example. There is a vlogging uh, couple, and their name is Sam and Nia. They sang the song. Um, what is it? Uh, it was a Frozen song when Frozen first came out, and Queen Elsa sings it. Went viral. Anyways, they sang it in their car with their kid in the back seat. That first video of theirs went viral. But to sustain that takes a lot of hard work too. And so it wasn't just a they created that one video and then they're retired for the rest of their life. They had to hustle. In fact, they had to kind of backtrack and learn everything that normally an influencer would have already known about. And so it still took them, you know, a while to get their, you know, their their foundation laid and get going. But I always think about that because of people people say, "Oh, it's just because you went viral." Well, no, like their like 1500 videos they put up afterwards took a lot of hard work. So it doesn't matter whether you get lucky or you don't get lucky. Hard work is not an option. Boom. <laughs> that's a, see, that's a, that's a quote from Benji straight. I don't have to even throw that at you. Hard work. Definitely. Not the last thing, the last thing I want to say, because yeah. that was a long five tips for creator success. Right. But the reason mm-hmm. those are the ones I talk about is because this is going to give you long-term success. This isn't a short-term strategy for me. I always knew that things could dry up for us in 12 months, uh, but I always built it as if it was going to last 12 years. And so principles and having integrity and doing the right thing are, to me, way more important than making like an extra million dollars. And so that's why I share those. And I think it applies to both beginners and seasoned influencers just because, again, uh, I hate for somebody to have this huge opportunity because they went viral or say they work really hard and they're finally gaining some traction, but then they kind of forget about the thing that made them famous or made them significant. And then it kind of disappears. It fades out and they don't know why. And then they get depressed and sad and they think it's you know it's because of them it probably is because of them but it's not as hard as you think it's just sticking to the basic principles never forgetting about that content always valuing your audience and doing some of these other things to help sustain it long term so that you can be doing this for the rest of your life versus just like a quick year or two you know Angie, i think that's why i think we would like talking to you so much um when you know watching your stuff and listening to your stuff is because a lot of people like they'll focus on technicalities or fads, but you talk about the fundamentals um, and the core elements that if you base your career around that, then you're going to have sustained success rather than the one-off little bits of things you can do. It's more about the strategy than just purely the tactics around that. And I think that's probably why your book is still, you know, it, it's a, a YouTube book can still be relevant over the years because it's based on fundamentals, right? Absolutely. I, I think that's why we wrote it the way it's written is because, you know, um, in fact, you know, we're rewriting this to update it, but we're not really changing a lot of the principles. In fact, the principles are all the exact same. We wrote it the way 
it's written because we read another book called The Perennial Seller. How do you create a book that becomes a classic? Well, you don't talk about tactics at work today. You talk about principles that will never go out of style. They'll always be relevant. So, yeah, I appreciate you even bringing that up because it is true. Not only for what we wrote or we talk about in our videos, but the way we run our business and live our life. I've got no good segues, so I'm just going to do a hard... Let's go find where you've been hanging out down the internet rabbit hole. Like, this is, you alluded it to before. So, is- I mean, there's so many rabbit holes for me because I love to pay attention to many different topics and things going on in the world. But one specifically is Bitcoin and NFTs. And it all started... Ooh. By the way, what I'm about to tell you is another secret of YouTube that you understand why they would even ask this question and my answer. And like, this will actually tell you everything you need to know about the YouTube algorithm. I'm into gold. I I love like thinking about money and I feel like gold has been around for a millennia, like thousands upon thousands of years. It's a form of money that is going to be here forever because there's a utility to it anyways. So people are always talking about what's kind of the next thing, right? And so Bitcoin is a big part of it. And so as I'm paying attention to people talking about gold on YouTube, of course, there's this argument, Bitcoin versus gold. And so guess what? I'll watch some of these Bitcoin videos. And I never was a fan of it. I never paid attention. But of course, not only the attention that the media is giving to it, but also guess what? On YouTube, the algorithm is just leading me to this journey of like, hey, you're into gold. You're probably into Bitcoin. So let's show you more Bitcoin stuff. And guess what? If you watch this Bitcoin stuff, you'll probably be into NFTs, which is non-fudgeable tokens. I don't want to get into it, but basically it's like a digital (laughs) picture that you can sell like it was real art. And so that rabbit hole has led me into this whole crazy culture of blockchain and everything. And that's just the most recent rabbit hole. The reason I bring this up and why I'm so excited about this question is because that is how YouTube's algorithm, including other platforms like Instagram Reels or especially TikTok, are working. They're just feeding you not only what you want to see, but what they think you want to see next. Because if they can get you to watch video after video after video, they've won. They want to keep you on the platform. So if you can create content that recreates that rabbit hole, you will win. And so this is why volume does matter as long as there's quality there. Sean and I have uploaded hundreds of videos now. So I've interviewed, for example, I've interviewed Gary Vaynerchuk multiple times in my uh, video influencers career. So if you really loved our first one, you might love our second and third upload with him. So maybe you just love interviews with successful creators. It's going to keep showing you those videos if you're watching a whole bunch of it. And so this is why I would suggest to people, once you have a breakout hit, you'll always follow it up with a relevant video that would be obviously next or creating a whole series of videos. So like one to 10, in fact, you're hearing a lot of success stories, not just on YouTube uh, long form content, but especially YouTube shorts when you create that series, but it's gotta be quality. You can't put out crap and expect people to watch it. But the rabbit hole is a real thing. It's not necessarily a problem. It's actually the reason why social media is so powerful. I love that you told us where you went down the rabbit hole and then like, added another sort of little tip for people there on, on how to create your own rabbit hole. That's, that's why I'm, I was so catalog. excited about that it. question. When I saw that's, it in the email, I was like, like, oh, I'm going to love that. 
I was like, where is Benji going to go? He's like, I'm so excited by this. I'm like, where are you going to go? Because normally we sort of like, oh, I found this silly, stupid video. Um, yeah, that's brilliant. Hey, I've got a good radio segue thing and I'm going to drop it because speaking of NFTs, we our last previous uh, episode that just dropped on the podcast was with Phil Ranter from Wormhole Labs, oh, cool. who's former head of, of creators for, for Facebook Gaming. And he went deep on uh, how creators can benefit from NFTs. So, shameless plug on that one. Mm. But, because, you know, I've been looking for my radio sort of segue. <laughs> and I found one, there you, you know, go. A really cheesy commercial radio. Speaking of NFTs. Um, Fred, yeah. you been down the rabbit hole? Uh, yeah. As w- deep as that? Well, we were, um, we were talking about this the other day. We were, I was on a panel with a guy called Michael Mosley, who's a, um, um, a guy on BBC. He talks a lot about health um, and sort of read one of his books and was super fascinated by the way he approaches health and diet and stuff. And it sort of went down that rabbit hole to see other, what ex, other experts say about yeah. things like, you know, fats and carbs and stuff like that. And I, I think I spent the whole weekend yep. in probably the most perfect YouTube rabbit hole I've ever been in. Yes. Because this kept feeding me directly relevant, relevant, relevant videos. I was like, it was, it was brilliant. And by the end of it, I felt so satisfied <laughs> and, so, and so aware. I was like, oh, my mind is exploding with, with thoughts, you know? Two it made th- me think like, yeah, sorry. Go for no, it. no. Yeah. Sorry to interject. I think this is so valuable what you just talked about. You feel so satisfied. Two things about YouTube that's really unique. Number one, they try to get you on these rabbit holes. And this is why conspiracy theories get worse and worse and worse because they're it's just whoever's willing to put out the most extreme story or perspective. They just, it just gets like this. And this is why social media did have to put kind of a break. I'm all about freedom of speech, but unfortunately the way the algorithm works, it's just like whatever you're interested in, it's going to give you more of that. It won't show you the other thing. Secondly, YouTube is unique because I actually heard this in a private conversation that YouTube has a goal. I don't know why it has to be so private NDA. By now, it's, it's all old news. But satisfaction is so important to them. They actually did this whole presentation to my wife and I once when we were at YouTube talking about different things that were important to the product team and just YouTube in general over the years. And so in the very beginning, it was all about click-through rate, right? Um, As time went on, it was about audience retention. Well, one of the latest things was satisfaction. So if you feel satisfied, and that's the big, that was a big question from us creators, like how do you measure satisfaction? I don't want to go into that that rabbit hole, but that is so important that you just said that. And so creating YouTube videos especially, thinking about the satisfaction of the viewer is important. I would say positive satisfaction. I love how this went all the way back around because that positivity is what's going to keep you coming back. Twitter is a great example of doing the, the opposite. You get so much negative experiences you might like get into that rabbit hole but guess what happens one day you just decide to delete your twitter account youtube is different because they're really trying to create that positive satisfactory experience and whoever is helping them to do that they're going to keep feeding you those type of videos and that's how you get more views brilliant beautiful i think on that note that is the perfect place to close the circle and, and finish it up Benji Travis, thanks so much for joining us. Um, yeah, you did mention your podcast, The Influencer Green Room, so definitely everyone should Thank check you. that out as well as video influencers. And um, Benji and Benji's wife, Judy's 
YouTube channel if you if that's what you're into, you should definitely check it out and see one of the yeah, hardest, if you're, longest if you're, working if, YouTube if channels. If you're curious about yeah. seeing me dance like uh, a crazy person for my kids, yeah, we have a daily vlog called "It's Judy's Life," so you can have a perspective of what it's like to be a dad, and especially being a mom because it is really revolving around her life. But yeah, more people know me at least in the YouTube expert world. I'm from Video Influencers, my collaborative channel with Sean Cannell. So thank you so much for being for like letting me be on your show it's been awesome just you know chatting away and of course i love talking about youtube so uh thank you create a generation on the mic